I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, college football fans across the nation and around the world. This is Tim May with the Tim May Podcast. And man, do I have a co-pilot of co-pilots. And on this uh, episode... Cornelius Green, Corny Green. What do you prefer, Cornelius? Well, I grew up with Corny, and then when I got to a house, data became Corny Green. So whatever you prefer, Tim, let's, I'm all good with it. <laughs> let's go with let's go with Corny because that sounds so uh, not Corny. That sounds cool. Hey, but uh, Cornelius Green, been wanting to have you on this podcast ever since I started it, and uh, finally hooked up with you. And uh, you know, it's just. It's just amazing. You were that, you know, you were a real trailblazer when it came to Ohio State football, being the first African-American starting quarterback, et cetera, back in the, or, or, but what, what do you call that? The mid seventies for, for Woody yeah. Hayes and then moving on from there. But, uh, uh, Corny, I'm glad to have you on, man. You're let's, uh, truth in advertising. You're sitting in the uh, Washington DC area at St. Albans school where you've been for a while around, right? Yeah, this is my, um, in September, be my 14th year, Tim. And, and uh, it, it's an honor, man, to be back with you, man. You know, you and I have been good friends. And, man, when you called, you know, obviously I was going to say yes. And uh, I'm just glad for this opportunity that um, the time permits for us to get together today. Amen, brother. I couldn't have, I couldn't have said that sermon uh, better, except for the part about praising me. But let's get let's <laughs> get to you, man. And, but mainly, yeah. you know, uh, uh First, I want to get your just your take from not really a far because you show up at games, uh, you know what I mean. But uh, boy, if they played this kind of offense back when you were around, would would you have been the starting quarterback? To tell me, let's be let's yeah, be truthful I'd been here. The starting quarterback, but but hopefully I'd, I'd I'd have been up for one of them Heisman's Archie has. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> because, you know, the, the, the game is all around the quarterback now. You know, um, uh, more wide receivers, no fullback. You know, unfortunately, we would have had a probably, I don't know what we would have did with Pete, you know, because he was our big bread and butter back in the day. But yeah. can you imagine just me and Archie being back there in that backfield and a bunch of wide receivers and with my passing and running ability? Oh, my God. I, yeah. I, I just look at these quarterbacks now and just, just dream about what, what I would have done with that oh. opportunity and, and with these new strategy type coaches and Urban Meyer and, and Ryan Day, man, these guys. And love my guy, Jim Trestle, too. I got to throw him out there as well. Yep. But, um, um, yeah, I, I think I'd have gave Archie a run for his money with that Heisman. Well, here's the thing. See, I would have kept uh, Pete and Archie in the backfield with you, but I would have thrown the ball 40 times a game. Now, how do you stop Pete and Archie? You know what I mean? I mean, because yeah. you got to stop yeah. these other guys, bash nagle all these other guys, right? I mean uh, – that would have been pretty yeah. wild, wouldn't it? Yeah, Tim. And, and you know, in high school, man, I you know I threw twenty eight touchdowns, and and so um, you know when I was in high school, I, I saw Rex Curran. I, I swear, in my mind, I saw him scrambling and throwing. Maybe, maybe I was the only one that didn't realize uh, <laughs> Woody was a three yards in a cloud of dust when I came here. Yeah. Well, I think Woody. I think Woody's cocoon got thicker 
the the last few years of his career. I don't know if you agree or not, because I think he I think back back in your day in those mid seventies, those those were those are four of the greatest teams in in Ohio State football history without a national championship. Uh, I think yeah, you agree I mean, with that, right? You're absolutely right. And um, you know when we came up with the big games and and you know teams were bringing eight nine men up on the line and and, and even though we had great coaching and but Woody always thought we can outpower people versus doing play action. You know, we, we didn't do play action, Tim, until my senior year when we had to. We were down seven points up in Michigan on my senior year. It was 14-7, seven minutes left in the game. We hadn't had a first down in two and a half quarters. I mean, Michigan had 10 men up on the, on the line of scrimmage. And finally, Woody, um, we did some play action to Archie and threw around those guys. Yeah. And, and um, I think I completed four straight passes, and, and we drove right down and scored. But um, finally, the um, something woke up in, in Coach's mind, and, and he trusted the coaches, and he trusted me to pass. You know what woke up in his mind was that y'all were behind. <laughs> yeah, well, there, there, there you go. We were down by seven. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that, that kind of woke Coach up as well. Yeah. Um, we had no other choice, though, Tim. I mean, it was third and 18. I mean, everybody knows you're going to call a draw play. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. we wasn't going to work. No, so, uh, we, we finally went to some play action that that, that um, turned the game around. I was going to say, uh, uh, seriously, Courtney, Arch and I have talked about this a little bit. He doesn't he doesn't get this inflammatory, but that was, in my opinion, a great waste of offensive talent. I'm talking about not Arch, obviously, right. but the other guys. I mean, uh, wow, what, what could have been back then, right? I mean, seriously, when you look back on it. I mean, when you look at it, man, we had Lenny Willis who ran like a 9-4. Yeah, hundred. I mean, we had Dave Hazel, who was a speedster, and, and my best friend, who really changed my life, and Brian Bashnagel was so versatile; he could run and catch and block. And, and we didn't utilize them, man. I mean, we just used Brian as a decoy, like ninety percent of the game. Um, we used Lenny as a decoy and David Hazel as decoys. And um, I just look back now and just think we could have won a national championships hand down, yeah, very easily. Um, but, but, you know, you had to give the coaches props too, because, um, I think one of the greatest records that we had was when I first started my first game, Archie got a hundred yards and he got a hundred yards, 31 straight times, three yeah. years in a row I, until Michigan stopped him our last game of the season. So I, I can see where he was coming from in that regard. You know, he was building up Archie. Um, to be the Heisman Trophy uh, winner, which he won two. Um, so, you know, you, you can't knock that. But uh, I, I think we could have won much easier if, if we had just opened the game up much more. Uh, yeah. Hey, amen. Uh, once again, you're preaching to the choir uh, on that situation. Uh, by the way, uh, I just want to jump into it with you, too. Dude, USC and UCLA are going to be in the Big Ten. When you first heard that news – your 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 first your first thought was, huh? What? No. What yeah, was your first I, I thought? Almost, well, you know, it's almost like um, almost like one of them heart attack moves. You hold your chest and you kind of move back. You know, you just stunned. <laughs> I, I was stunned. I, I never thought that. But then when I looked at it too, Tim, I mean, the Big Ten is really smart because if you look at it, Tim, on the East Coast, for example, there's more Big Ten alumni on the East Coast. Than any other place, so 
People laugh when they put in Rutgers, but they wanted that New York market. Yeah. People laugh when they put in Maryland, but they wanted that D.C. market. Now with UCLA and USC, they got the L.A. market. And where's, where's uh, uh, the Big Ten headquarters? In Chicago. That's one of the other big TV markets. Yeah. So they go for TV markets. Uh, um, also, you know, the SEC got great conferences. But they, if you look at the SEC and all those schools, they don't have any big TV markets yeah. in, in those locations. So the Big Ten and with the Big Ten Network, you know, they, they getting the TV revenues. So, I mean, I thought it was a smart move. And, and now I hear that Oregon is trying to sneak in there, too. They, they're a little upset. You know, that Oregon money, that might talk too, Tim, you know, yeah, um, yeah. letting them slide into the Big Ten. But I think the Big Ten is really trying to wait in, wait for Notre Dame to make a move. But I don't know if Notre Dame can get out of the ACC contractually. But I, I think they're trying to wait on Oregon and Notre Dame. Yeah, that, w- that would be an interesting addition. By the way, that, not, like you said about Oregon, you know, you think they don't have any torque in this situation, but then you'd hate to see Ohio State football players running around out there barefoot, right, uh, right. Nike? Yeah. <laughs> Tell me about it. <laughs> that'd be funny to watch, wouldn't it? <laughs> right. that'd, be, that'd be really crazy. But Especially know, in the um, snow. Go ahead. I'm sorry. What? Yeah, yeah. I, I just like, like you said, um, um, all those battles in the Rose Bowl that we had against uh, USC and, and UCLA, and now they'd be joining in, in on the conference. But people were talking about travel. You know, um, that's not an issue. No. Because, you know, your, your kids are 18, 21 years old. Tim, and, you know, they jump on that plane. They'll travel and, and do what needs to be done. I mean, when we played, we, we flew, I think, our third or fourth game. We, we had a game, a uh, night game. We played UCLA. Um, I think we flew over and played the University of Washington or either Washington State and, and yep. got back late Sunday. And you back out there Monday practicing. So, I mean, you under their regime when, when you're in college and, and um, um, you just want to play ball no matter where, where you got to go and what you got to do, you know, you just want to suit up and, and, and get that win. I was going to say, and plus, you know, for, for like I keep pointing out, for the Big Ten teams, there might be one trip to the West Coast every other year, you know, in this deal. I'm talking about football-wise. Right. Obviously, the other sports, but you can make a swing out there and play USC and UCLA in the same trip basketball-wise right. and come back. But uh, – Football wise, it's not going to be that. It's not going to be hard at all on the football teams from the original Big Ten, but it's going to be tough on USC, UCLA. Every other game essentially will be a, a trip east, you know. And so, yeah. you know, except when they play yeah, each other. I, I, I imagine, it, yeah, thinking of it from from that uh, point, um, Tim, you're absolutely right. You know, UCLA and USC are going to have to be willing to travel, you know, every week. Yeah. You know. Uh, uh, Especially if they on their west side, you know, if they get the east side and the west side, you know, they're going to have to travel to the Iowas and the Wisconsin's and the Minnesotas of the world. But um, I think they're going to get a culture shock when they start traveling in October and November to those cold markets, man. They used to all that sun out there. But um, I guess the Big Ten would be happy to fly out sometimes when they go to the West Coast and get a warm weather game. Yeah. It'd be funny to play UCLA in the Rose Bowl in, say, November the 20th and then go back out there and play in the Rose Bowl in a college football playoff, what, probably a quarterfinal then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> who, who knows where that's going? Hey, that's, right. what, that's what I wanted to ask you too, Corny, yeah. is that uh, uh, back then, which, which, of, which of the teams you were on would, do you think, if there had been a college football playoff, probably would have still made the playoff. You know what I mean? A, a four-team right. playoff. 
Which of those teams was the best team you played on? My sophomore year, no doubt about it. So that was 70. The 73 team. 73, yeah. That's what Archie says. Yeah, Yeah, that that team, um, Tim, the defense was unbelievable. I think the first 10 games of the season, I think we only gave up 43 points the whole season. Yeah. You know, just think of that. And um, we was leading the nation in offense, leading the nation in rushing, leading the nation in first down, leading the nation in total offense. And, and, And that was astonishing passing. You know, only passed 44 times, I think 46 times the whole season. The whole season, Tim. I'm shaking I mean, my he's head. doing that in one game now. Can you believe that? Ten games, but he only let me pass 46. I think C.J. Stroud did that in one half against uh, <laughs> against uh, Utah, but go ahead. I mean, that, that, must make yeah. your, that must make your arm either hurt or feel very fresh. What, which, one, which one is it, Corny? Well, my arm stayed in shape, Tim, because Woody, I mean – Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, if you came to practice, man, you thought we was a passing team. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, you we talk- passed the ball all the time in practice, and then when that game came, and, and if, if there were clouds in the sky, oh, man, that's your worst fear if you thought it was going to rain because we knew Coach Hayes was going to get tight, and that ball was not going to be passed at all during the game. Let me ask you that. I've always wanted to ask you this, Corny, though. Were the game plans back then? Because I've heard that, you know, the stories. Matter of fact, I even, you know, went to practices in 76, 77, 78 when when, uh, Woody was still there. But uh, were the game plans back then, do you remember discussing with them the day before the game or night before the game? Was was there an intention to pass a lot or or was there never an intention to pass a lot? Yes, I mean, our intent was to pass, Tim. I mean, all, all week long, I mean, Woody was a genius with his coaching staff. I mean, yeah. I had George Chunk with my quarterback coach all over the world. Um, um, Rudy Hubbard, you know, recruited yeah. me from the D.C. area. Love him. Um, owe him the world. But, yeah, I mean, we had an unbelievable game plan. I mean, um, we, we knew I, I had audible calls looking for certain defenses to um, get out of certain plays. And then we, the plays we got into were pass plays, you know. So um, I couldn't wait for those defenses to get yeah. into those certain defenses. I can call audible and pass to Hey, jump into a five. Jump, because the yeah, pass plays up. wasn't being called in the huddle. Yeah, jump into a five to bring that safety up. Yeah, that, that's, you'd yell that across the line, wouldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but that had to be – you know, I'm not trying to get you to to uh, pick a sore spot here, but that had to be kind of a bummer, didn't it, Corny? Yeah, I mean, for me per- personally, I, I had to, um, Tim, give up um, my individual accomplishments that I wanted to accomplish. Yeah. You know, so I bought into the team concept. And once you buy into the team concept, um, you want what's best for the team. And then you want what's best for your teammates. So um, I, I just um, got into whatever the play was called. You know, I was going to do it 100%, even though I might have to hand off or I might have to pitch or, or get less opportunities. And then, you know, Archie was my roommate, and, and um, he was getting the bulk of the plays. He was getting the bulk of, of the success of the team. And I was just all for him. And, and you know, he was my, my best friend. And, and you know, yeah. he's cheering for me as well. And, and uh, the more success he got, you know, the better I felt. I mean, um, 
it was only three African Americans um, in our freshman class, Tim. It was yeah. me, him, and Woodrow Roach. And, and so, I mean, um, we, we had to cheer for one another because um, we, me, him, and Woodrow were together every day. Every day of our college career was just me, Archie, and Woodrow. And, and so, um, and God rest Woodrow's soul because he just passed about a few months ago. Um, but that was it, man. And, and, and then on the other side, Tim was, um, you know, my father was an alcoholic, man, and he never came to see me play. You know, Archie's father was, was like a uh, surrogate father of mine. You know, he was always there for me um, after every game. So um, yeah. I get a little emotional about that. Yeah. That was special for me, for him to come and, you know, give me a hug after every game and say, hey, man, great game. And, and so he became like a dad figure uh, for me. So that, that even enhanced me and Archie. You yep. know, so, uh, I mean, it wasn't about me, you know, uh, um, when Archie got his two Heismans, man, I mean, it was like I had two Heismans, but um, the kicker was, um gave a quick little story where um, we had this meeting, Tim, so this right, right before Michigan, so Woody gets up and says, hey, Archie was the MVP, his sophomore year on the team, junior year on the team, which made him the Big Ten player of the year, his sophomore, junior year. And now this is our senior year. So he said, hey, if Archie's MVP our senior year, be the first time, Archie be probably the first player to be MVP sophomore, junior, senior year, not, a, not only on the team, but he also could be the first player to be the MVP in the Big Ten his sophomore, junior year. So um, thank God for Lenny Willis to them say, well, Coach, I think Kadeesh Green was the MVP. Wow. wow. And, boy, that took some nerves. You know what I'm yes, saying? So, yes, yes. Um, now we got to have a vote, Tim. They gave everybody a sheet of paper. So you had to put the name down or who you thought was the MVP. Like on that show, Survivor. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So I, I chose Archie. I put Archie's name down as the MVP. So we didn't find out who won this vote until about three weeks later. And I actually, the team voted me MVP. Wow. And I won by one vote, Tim. Wow. So Woody made him recount the votes again. Because I knew he wanted Archie to win. Wow. Uh, God rest his soul. Because he really wanted Archie to be the first three-time guy. Yeah. Um, because, but, but the way he set up the meeting, he didn't want to vote. He just wanted us to say, okay, go along with him, and we, we elect Archie. Yeah. But anyway, I win the MVP. So Woody says, uh, Archie, who do you vote for? Archie said, I voted for Corny. He asked me who I voted for. I said, I voted for Archie. We're in a meeting, Woody makes, still makes Archie the, the, the guy because he said, you know, if Archie votes for himself, he wins the award. And, and, and it was still about Archie, it, it wasn't about me. And, but, and, but still, um, for me, if you look at it, Tim, you know, being the MVP over two-time Heisman, so Archie still goes on to win his Heisman. Yeah. So, you know, I was the MVP over two-time Heisman, um, on the team, when your teammates vote you that, man, that, that's the biggest award I probably ever won. That's even bigger than the being uh, voted Big Ten MVP. Yeah. Wow. That, that, I can draw some analogies to that, uh, to that <laughs> voting system right there, but I'm not going to, even though you're right. sitting in our nation's capital. Uh, yeah. But yeah. wow, that's something when the, when the, uh, when the guy who's counting the votes is also the campaign manager for one of the guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Tell me about it. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Courtney, uh, yeah. but, you know, it's, it's, it's what I want to get to you with uh, uh, 
Uh, no, everyone remembers your, I think it was your Lincoln Continental, right? You showed up, uh, you know, with your, with your no, personalized you know license. Plate huh? Yeah. Everybody, everybody now calls it a Lincoln, but it was actually a Grand Prix. Oh. And, and, and so what had happened, Tim, was um, <laughs> I had some problems with the car one time. And this guy that I took my car to have it fixed, he had this Continental kit for the trunk. So, you know, the Continentals back then you just had a little tire. Looking yes. Back. So he changed that instead of having Continental, he put Cornelius on. Yeah. And so, and then I had Flam 7 tags, um, but they was Washington, D.C. tags. They, people assumed they were Ohio tags, but back then you couldn't have personalized license plates from Ohio. So people really took it to another level, thought I had Ohio plaques, Ohio tags with my name on it, but it was actually D.C. tags. Um, with Flam 7 and then with the Cornelius around that. Man, that Tim, that took off, man, made me like a, a national star just, just having that car. Well, there was that famous picture of you, uh, I think, and it's from the back, but you're looking back at the camera, smiling, you know, as you're driving your car. But I just wanted to get your take on, with name, image, and likeness now, you know, I'm sure you saw that in the news. C.J. Stroud uh, has a – has a nice uh, ride now, uh, a Mercedes uh, super wagon or whatever they call it. But uh, I do know the actual name of it. I don't need to advertise for them too much. But he turned down a Bentley to, to take that vehicle. And I'm just thinking, man, corny. If they had had a name, image, and likeness back in y'all's time, y'all were famous. I mean, yes. you look at the guys on that, those teams, man. I mean, you and Arch and Pete and, uh, you know, uh, John Hicks. Chris Ward, I mean, uh, Nick Bonamich, what kind of car would he have had? You know what I mean? Or truck. I mean, it would have been crazy, wouldn't it? Oh, Tim, man, I'd be a millionaire right now for sure because I, I knew someone, I know uh, um, someone in the D.C. area would have stepped up. Yeah. In addition to folk in Ohio. But we, we just had so many studs on the team. Just in my sophomore, you're talking about Randy Gratishaw. Oh, yeah. No. Uh, um, oh, my God, Neil Cozy. You know, and and, and um, um, Doug Plank. Yeah. You know, Tim Fox. I mean, we just we just had a lineup, and, and I was very very fortunate to have three um, Hall of Fame left tackles. You know, Kurt Schumacher, John Hicks, and then young Chris Word happened to come in my senior year. Yeah. You know, all them going down, and but you know, my, my main guy on the offensive line was Steve Myers, uh, our offensive center. And I got a little quick story. I, I think my freshman year, Woody called me up. And so um, I fumbled the snap and I blamed it on Steve that I didn't get the snap. And boy, Steve lit me up, man, when we got back in that locker room because it was my fault. But it was no way I was going to take that grunt from Woody right yeah. right then. Again, you know, I mean, he was he he was he was just killing me, man. And uh, got him also as a freshman because I um, couldn't take that pressure. But uh, once I found out, um, once I started working on my game and stopped making mistakes as a freshman, and, and, and uh, he felt very comfortable my sophomore year in starting me, um, everything kind of changed and, and, and everything went up from there. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. so, yeah. I mean, uh, well, I, I just wish that I was in this era now. Um, can you imagine what Archie would have had? No, no, it's just crazy. I'll never forget Rex Kern saying he would he would he would uh, uh, he would trade Archie uh, uh, his no he he would like to have one of Archie's uh, 
uh, Heisman's. And Archie said, well, I'll trade you one of them for the national championship. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> but, tell me about it. Oh, God. Oh, yeah, but I mean, I mean, my sophomore year, I mean, we lost two national championships back to back. Yeah. And then we laid an egg our senior year. We were 11-0, beat UCLA. All we had to do was beat them again. Yeah. But, you know, we our game plan was just so different. The second time we played UCLA, Coach Hayes just wanted to run, 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 and uh, we we didn't have the same game plan. So, I mean, it was three years in a row. We kind of laid an egg. Um, yeah. Not getting the national championship. And um, it's almost like Groundhog Day, Tim. You know, I wake up, man, we won those games, and I got to come back to reality and accept it that yeah. we didn't win. But very proud, Tim, because, you know, um, we had to get past the school up north to get to the Rose Bowl. And I'm, I'm very proud to be 3-0-1 against Michigan's greatest coach of all time, Bo Schenbeckler, who is 0-3-1 against, against, uh, against us and, and the, those four great teams we played against. So I'm very proud of that. Oh, hell yeah. I'm very proud to be one of the only um, guys to ever play in four straight Rose Bowls. I mean, um, that, 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 that speaks volumes. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Absolutely, it does. By the way, I would call those three years you talked about where you didn't get the national championship three years and a cloud of dust. <laughs> my yeah, guys, oh my go. goodness. Right? <laughs> I mean, wow, that could have been something, man. I mean, you know, just, you know, people think uh, the world just got invented, you know, two years ago or something, you know, and uh, I mean, there was dominance even back then. I mean, and you were, you were part of that last real great wave for Woody, right? Until it just right. started to kind of like deteriorate a little bit. I mean, obviously, but uh Hey, I want to ask you one other thing uh, about that. Uh, when you got, did you guys ever approach Woody about about that tightness, about getting, you know, I mean from a from the big game standpoint about not throwing the ball? I mean, did you ever, did y'all, ever, or did you just like, you just didn't do that back then? Tim, did you have you ever see us on a Woody Hayes show? Yes. Matter of fact, I've got a photo. I took a screenshot. All those guys you just named a minute ago, like Tim Fox and all these guys, y'all looked like a rock band, you know, that was yeah, on there, I mean, but y'all didn't we, sing. We, dressed, we, 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 we could dress like we wanted, but just look at our faces, man. Yeah. We were tight. Yeah. And, and, and Woody would ask us a question and give us the answer. Yes. And, and all we would say is yes, sir, no, sir. Yes. There was no way that we could even approach Coach and say, Coach, can you pass more of this and that? Oh, man, we'd, we'd, uh, it had been 70 East for me real quick going back to D.C. <laughs> 70 East. You got to turn right at Baltimore, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Hey, well, hey, last couple things, man. Uh, yeah. uh, as you look at it right now, with the name, image, and likeness we just talked about, you know, and the transfer portal, uh, how would the transfer portal, do you think, how would that have affected those teams that, that Woody and his coaches put together back in the mid seventies? Would there have been some guys leaving? I mean, what, what, oh, what's just I your mean, take of the, of the, of the, 
the makeup of that locker room. You know what I mean? Well, Tim, we were four deep. I mean, we had four All-American quarterbacks. I mean, if I got hurt, I felt very confident that the next three guys in line could go right on in and, and produce some wins. I don't yeah. know if they'd have won as, as, as handily as they would if I was in there. But, uh, man, it had been a big exit. Is Huge it- exit. Because look at like a Craig Cassidy had to play behind Neil Cozy for three, four years. Yeah, yeah. You know, look at Ray Griffin playing behind his brother for two years. Then they finally got smart and switched him over and put him as a defensive back. He goes to defensive back and he becomes one of the house State's all-time greatest backs and my little brother Ray Griffin. Yeah. So, I mean, um, a lot of guys would have been gone. There's yeah. no doubt about it. You could be at people like Doug Plank was playing behind Tim Fox. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He goes to Chicago Bears, and they named the defense after him. So, yeah, I, I think that transfer portal, um, a lot of guys would have been gone. Yeah, it's crazy. So, that's what I want to ask you. So, as you look back, I mean, you know, you're you're a veteran like I am now, so to speak. Uh, is it, is what's going on for the players right now, it's kind of tough for people to keep uh, to keep a hold of it all, but also to understand it all. Uh, and some people are very upset about a lot of things that have happened, but is, was it a long time coming the right thing for players to have the ability to move and, or to make money on their name, image and likeness? Well, I, I agree on both ends. Tim, you know how much money we got at Ohio state? We got $9 every three months for a laundry. That was it, man. If, 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 if I cut your grass and they can prove you paid me $25, my scholarship was gone. Yeah. Crazy, so, right? Know, here, here, yeah, here we got guys, man. My parents couldn't even afford to, to go see me play in the Rose Bowl. You know, here I am busting my butt out there in the field and going to four Rose Bowls, and, 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 and my parents from D.C. couldn't even afford to come out and see me play. They had to watch me at home in Washington, D.C., so I, I'm all for these kids getting paid. I'm all for a kid uh, upset if, if he can't play and he can transfer because you had to look at that, Tim, because the coaches did it. Yeah. You know, a coach could quit on, on his team and then go take another new job, and, and he wasn't penalized. And, yeah. no, here's a kid that want to transfer. He was penalized for that. Oh, yeah. So I'm all for these kids getting paid right now, and I'm all for them. Um, if they want to transfer that following year, let them do it. Uh, Ohio State's been a hotbed, has used Washington, D.C. to go in and pluck a pretty damn good player, <laughs> you know, every other year, it seems like. They yeah. just got a kid, a commitment from kid Jason Moore from over there. Obviously, Chase Young, as you well know, and and uh, and Dwayne Haskins Jr., God rest his soul. Um, right. Just how – how did it strike you when you got the news that uh, Dwayne Haskins Jr. had uh, had been killed? Well, I mean, it broke my heart because um, I was very close to the Haskins family. Right. You know, his mom and dad, way closer with his mom and dad than I was with Dwayne. You know, I've, I've never kind of came in, Tim, to, to um, talk or – I always let all the quarterbacks kind of develop themselves, you know. But um, – no, I, I was hurt, man. I'm still hurt about that. Oh, yeah. You know, um, and where it happened and how it happened. Um, so, yeah, I mean, um, uh, I, I just remember when I really – I didn't really meet Dwayne in person, Tim, until um, two days before the Rose Bowl game when they was playing Washington. And, and um, he was coming into the hotel. 
I came right up to him and say, hey, I'm Cornelius Green. How you doing, man? He just broke out in this huge smile. You know, most kids don't know nobody. And here I am four decades ago. Yeah. And he smiled, took a picture with me, and then he went, wrote, went into his pocket, pulled out his phone and said, please, can somebody take a picture with me and Mr. Green? And then the next day, he puts out this huge tweet and thanked me for being uh, first African-American quarterback, yeah. saying if it wasn't for me, he wouldn't have the opportunity to play there. Huge, man. Wow. Hey, last thing I want to hit, Courtney, I've never asked you this question. I'm going to ask you now. When Woody went, when they came and recruited you, and they recruited you as a quarterback, right? Yes. Uh, and then when Woody made you the starter, uh, your sophomore year, did he? Did he? Did anybody explain to you the gravity of the situation of you being the first African American quarterback at Ohio State starting quarterback? Did did it? Did it ever hit you? Did you ever catch any ramifications from it? Uh, what what was just take us back there in a time capsule of how that all came down? Well, you know, I, I knew that, and um, uh, what sold me to come to Ohio State was um, when I my recruiting visit. Woody asked me what I wanted to major in, but first he looked at me and thought I was too small and thought my neck he thought I might get hurt. But he said, well, Rudy Hubbard loves you, so I'm, I'm going to go with that. But one thing I'm going to just promise you, if you're good enough, you'll play it. If you're not, you won't. And, and um, um, he took me over to the business office. I had to stay over there for two hours. And all I wanted to do, Tim, was see that stadium, you yeah. know, in, in the locker room, man. I said, and so when I came home, I told my mom, I said, I don't know if they want me, mom. They were just, it was just all academics. And that, that my mom made my decision for me. So that's where you're going. <laughs> all your recruiting trips, all you do is talk about how great the team was and da 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 da. But um, uh, once I signed and got here, Tim, man, it was, it was my freshman year was awful, man. I mean, I was averaging 50, 60 letters a week from the Klan and uh, folk who were very disgusted with uh, uh, me being the first black quarterback. Uh, it, it intensified when they knew I was going to start. Um, you know, the death threat calls were over the phone, and uh, which was consistent, man. And, you know, I was 18 years old, drove me to an ulcer. You know, I was trying to keep all that in. I didn't let guys like yourself in the media know that because I thought it would get even worse. Yeah. Um, but um, and, and then, you know, that decision, Tim, could have divided the team because Greg Hare was a senior. Yeah. And my good friend. Um, you know, he was my mentor, too, taught me a lot. And, you know, I was all for Greg, too. He was a senior. Greg had beaten Michigan that previous year, had took us to the Rose Bowl. And I didn't have any experience. But um, what had happened, Tim, to, to put me up there with Greg was the uh, spring game that we had. So Woody had his stack team with Greg, Pete, and Archie over there on the spring game. And, and, and I was with a bunch of third stringers. And I only played two quarters, but I had rushed for 150 yards, rushed for two touchdowns, I threw two touchdowns. So when we came back to camp, Greg was a starter in the morning, and I was a starter in the afternoon practice. And unfortunately, he pulled a hamstring, I think, a week or two before the game. So I was first team, you know, going into the uh, Minnesota game. But yeah. the, the, the funny thing, I don't know if it's funny or not, but we beat Minnesota – 56-7, our first game. And, Tim, I never got another letter or another call after that. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? <laughs> Hallelujah, as they say. 
Yeah. That's what struck me, man. You just said it a while ago when, when you recruited, there were three uh, African-Americans in your recruiting class. Right. And now, you know, you know, thank goodness, man. Uh, you think about careers that could have been made that weren't back then, even when I was growing right. up in Alabama and Texas, finally moved to Ohio, you know, in 76. But, uh, you know, I saw it all, man. And it's just, it's just amazing that it finally came around. But uh, now it's not a question of, you know, skin color. It's a question right. of, can you, uh, can you, can your arm hold up throwing the ball 50 times a game? <laughs> there you go. You know, it's all about that W now, no matter yeah. what color you are, but, you know, I'm very proud, uh, Tim, to have gone through what I did, uh, to change the complexity of, of Ohio State University. Um, you see it now, the best guy plays, you yeah. know, and that's, that's how it is, no matter what color you are. You know, hopefully um, people will look back one day and, and see the significance that, that what I did and what I went through, uh, and, and maybe they, they should honor me in, in that regard for that. Um, you know, and I'm coming up into my 50-year reunion um, coming up um, this actual year with the 72 team, my freshman class. So, I mean, it was a huge breakthrough, Tim. And I'm very proud of that. Um, don't get pat on the back for it um, like I maybe should. And, and I'm not looking for that pat on the back now. I, I just like the changes that's been made. Um, and, and thank God for that. Too bad I can't reach through here and pat you on the back. But I think I patted you on the back before every time. That's my big deal is, uh, you know, <laughs> I'm one of those kind of guys. Yeah, but You know how, how I love for one another is, man. Yeah, you know, yeah. Um, I, I, I feel you on that. Hey, Corny, man, there's nothing corny about Corny Green, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, Cornelius Green, thank you for joining the Tim May Podcast, my man. Tim, you made my day, bro. And um, going back in time, man, with some smiles and, and – Obviously, having some FaceTime with you, man, has been been a joy for me as well, my brother. Well, we'll hook up, man, when you come into town the next time. But uh, I, I'll send you an email. I'll be up for the Notre Dame game. Let's get together. Yeah, I've heard their opening with Notre Dame. I heard there was a rumor about that. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, the great Corny Green. Uh, this is Tim May with the Tim May Podcast. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you again next week. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.